Plantation SDA Church presents The Bible Unmasked. Read your Bible daily and join us every Sunday at 7.30pm for our weekly discussion. From Genesis all the way through to Revelation, let's read the entire Bible in 2021 with The Bible Unmasked. Welcome, I'm Elizabeth Thomas, and we want to welcome you to another episode, episode 21 of the Bible Unmasked. We are so glad you have joined us again today. For those who are new to us, this is a Bible reading through um, the entire Bible in one year in this year of 2021. Each week, Sunday evening, we have we air our Bible Unmasked episode where we are um, our pastors are answering questions that have been um, sent to us about the reading for that week. So last week we had our um, we had reading of Second Chronicles five thirty one and. Um, Pastor Dexter Thomas, our beloved Dexter Thomas, is here with us today. So if you could just give us a quick um, summary and overview of last week's reading. Love, love what the pastor um, did last week as they walked us through the ups and downs of the kings of Israel. And um, why were they so consistently inconsistent? And a lot of it has to do with needing and being desperate about having an ongoing revival in your heart for God. You you can't take time off and spirituality cannot be automated. You know, it's not like your monthly payments. It's something you have to dedicate time, safeguarded time with God on a daily basis. That's my interpretation. Okay, great. Now, I jumped a bit ahead here. I wanted to also share with you that if you have any friends or family or co-workers who you think would be blessed by this, please invite them. And every week as they're reading or you are reading, if you have any questions about what you've read, please text those questions to 954 388 8780 and then again on our our Saturday um, our Sunday evening program that is aired on our YouTube channel or on plantationsda.com.tv um, website those questions will be answered which we are doing here today and I am so happy to have with me here our beloved Dexter Thomas so Dexter Thomas we're going to continue off where we left off there um, for this week, the reading was Second Chronicles 32 to Nehemiah 7. So what would those who have read, what, what are those um, chapters all about? Right. So we're covering actually the end of one book and then two other books. Um, not in the entirety for Nehemiah, but I think you'll really be enriched by our discussion of this journey. Um, this is... Israel, um, the temple being demolished, and then the beginning of the miraculous, amazing leadings of God for his temple to be rebuilt, for the walls to be rebuilt. So fasten your seatbelt. You have read. Let's dive in. Yes. Okay. Let's begin with a word of prayer, and then we're going to get to those questions. So I will ask you to pray for us, please. God and friend, do your amazing thing. Inject hope and life into our hearts. 
and let our minds be captivated by the riveting narratives in your word, in the name of our friend and the one who changed our life, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Amen. Okay, we're going to begin with um, 2 Chronicles 32, verse 31. I'll read that for you here. However, when ambassadors arrived from Babylon to ask about the remarkable events that had taken place in the land, God withdrew from Hezekiah in order to test him and to see what was really in his heart. The question, can you explain this verse? I thought that God would only withdraw from us when we sin and don't want him in our hearts. How can God withdraw from us to test us? Does it mean that we can become godless despite our prayers and obedience just to be tested? Excellent question. I wish I had asked it so I could look smart. But no, really good question. And, and let me explain it this way. In the Hebraic mindset, the, the Israelite, their thinking was God was in charge and God inspired. He was the author of every action, good and evil. You read in Isaiah 45, 7, where Isaiah says, God said, I created evil and good. Uh, so, so what it basically is, is that anything that happened because God had the power to stop it, he, in a sense, was the author of it. And this is a false notion. So that aspect of the Hebraic mindset was absolutely incorrect, right? It's incorrect because God gave us something called freedom to choose. And, and God is not the author of all our choices. Even if God were to influence those choices, influencing the choices does not mean he authored it. Because then again, if, if God is the reason for us doing evil, then people like Judas, who some people think was meant to betray Christ, he should be in heaven because it means it would have meant he would have carried out God's will. I hope this is making sense to you. So, so th their mindset is that anything that happened, good or evil, God authored it. So Hezekiah, so the, so the author now of 2 Chronicles is explaining Hezekiah's behavior through this prism, this frame, this mindset of thinking, right? So he saw this as God testing Hezekiah and God stepping back from Hezekiah, which I don't think was a true interpretation of what happened. This is Hezekiah choosing to allow pride to come in his heart, um, to, to, to make a decision that was anti-God. Okay, great. Thank you. Let's keep going here with 2 Chronicles 33, verse 1 to 3. Manasseh was 12 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem 55 years. He did what was evil in the Lord's sight, following the detestable practices of the pagan nations that the Lord had driven from the land ahead of the Israelites. He rebuilt the pagan shrines his father Hezekiah had broken down. He constructed altars for the images of Baal and set up Ashereth pools. He also bowed before all the powers of the heavens and worshipped them. Question. Why did some of the kings follow their father's footsteps, but others did not? What can parents do to keep their children on the right path? Hey. Oh, good question. As a parent here. As a new parent. Yes. As a parent of just one child. Yes. Yeah, if I had the answer, trust me, I would be a multimillionaire. <laughs> <laughs> We've all struggled with this, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but I'll tell you a couple of things. Um, and it's back to God's 
God allowing us to choose our destiny. Right. Even though he would have paved the path for us to walk in righteousness. Mm-hmm. But but God gave Hezekiah um, um, 15 extra years to live. Hezekiah begged. God said, look, man, set your house in order. You're about to die. He begged. He pleaded. And it's within those 15 extra years, he had a he had a baby son, you know, a baby boy. K- kind of like 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 me, Liz, having a oh, child yeah. in my old age. Oh, yeah. I was going to say like us, but I'm gonna be- not going to put <laughs> yeah, you in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> so so he had this kid in his old age and the kid um took his place at the age of 12 when he passed and he became the most evil obnoxious abhorrent king Israel had ever, ever experienced and he reigned the longest mm-hmm. he reigned the longest but the miracle of, of Manasseh man mm-hmm. is that as wicked and as idolatrous as he was my god was still able to reach him amen and, and that gives us hope. All right, I'm preaching. Sorry, sorry, y'all, I'm preaching. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, but, but, but here's the point. Here's the point. Do not, I like how Auntie Ellen says it. She speaks about cultivated um, um, tendencies. She's got, sorry, inherited tendencies and cultivated um, habits of evil that we develop in our lives. Stuff that was handed down to us and stuff that we developed ourselves. It do not take for granted the influence of your culture. We did a family life series recently on roles in the marriage. And a lot of the men, the women complained that, that you know, the, the men had an idea that because their mother lived in a certain way, um, their wives should do the same thing, even though their mother may not have had a job. Yeah. You know, so had the, 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 the freedom to do a lot more around the house. They still expected their wives who had 40, who was working 40 hours to still do the same thing. Mm-hmm. And yes, it's, 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 it's ridiculous, mm-hmm. but do not underestimate the power of our conditioning and our culturing mm-hmm. or acculturation to use a proper word. Right. So, so, so in order to get away from those cult inherited tendencies and cultivated behaviors, um, for evil, mm-hmm. it means you have to be desperate about about naming those issues of evil before God. It means you have to be desperate about getting people who hold you accountable. You you guys have heard my stories. My father had fifteen children. Good grief! And I was the last when he was in his fifties. You know, so I know what kind of evil gene I was born with. And one of the things I intentionally do, like when I was a single guy, when I moved into an apartment complex, I will tell everybody I'm a pastor. You know why? Not because I wanted to boast or brag. If they knew I was a pastor, it would be really hard for me to try to um, sneak some some honey up in my up in my crib. Couldn't do that because people were watching and then I don't see. I wouldn't even know when they're watching me, you know. But again, it's because I don't trust what's in me. I do not, right? Because of, of, of being birthed to a father like that. So my thing would be, again, and I, I'm not living where they lived. I'm not in their heads. But I'm suspecting some of them did not take um, their upbringing um, seriously in terms of the, the impact of its evil. And you notice that those who, who were different, I mean, they were mighty, because their their repentance was so much more genuine and authentic and powerful. Mm-hmm. And really, um, what that when I read that question, what it reminded me of is train up a child in the way yeah. he should go, yeah. and he will follow it. So, yeah, yeah, good. 
Okay, let's keep going. Second Chronicles 33, ver, uh, verse 16 to 17 and 21 to 22. Then he restored the altar of the Lord and sacrificed peace offerings and thanksgiving offerings on it. He also encouraged the people of Judea to worship the Lord, the God of Israel. However, the people still sacrificed at the pagan shrines through only to the Lord their God. Amon was 22 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem two years. He did what was evil in the Lord's sight, just as his father Manasseh had done. He worshipped and sacrificed to all the idols his father had made. Here's the question. Although Manasseh repented, should he have been held accountable for having led the Israelites to the wrong path? Are there any consequences when we mislead our children and others, even if we later repent? The answer is yes and yes. Mm -hmm. We'll be held accountable. It doesn't mean he would lose his salvation. Mm -hmm. Right? Right. And yes, there are consequences. The thief on the cross, he repented. Mm -hmm. God guaranteed him a place in his kingdom, but he died. Right. He still died. Mm -hmm. They didn't let him down off of the cross. David, you know, killed a man slept with his wife she they had a kid david bawled his eyes out before god in repentance mm -hmm. the kid still died mm -hmm. right so re repentance and this is really crucial for us to know repentance a lot of times do not take away the consequences repentance simply means that you have changed your mind and your heart that you're not going to keep living that rotten rebellious life anymore mm -hmm. repentance says that the consequences that you would have faced continuously those have ended mm -hmm. but there are consequences so so repentance does not abnegate us from taking responsibility for how we have messed people up mm -hmm. yeah nor does it mean you should live in perpetual guilt if god has forgiven you accept it walk in it mm -hmm. don't live in no perpetual guilt but still at the same time know that that if there if there's cleaning up you need to do you keep cleaning up. If there's child support you need to pay, you keep paying it. Amen. Yes. I know when I became a teacher, um, I, don't, I don't know if I read it from Ellen White or somewhere I was, it said, or in the Bible, it said also about how you're going to be more, like, judged more in a sense also because you have such a great influence. Yeah, of course. Yeah, and so that was like a really high calling to be like, okay, wow, you know, and it really makes you surrender to God. Amen. Amen. Mm -hmm. Amen. Commonasa lived so evil for so long. Right. That it's sad that his, his kid didn't follow the last years of his repented life. Mm -hmm. You right. know, and seared in the kid's mind was the wicked way in which he lived, which was much, much easier to follow. Mm -hmm. That was the greater pattern he had. Right. Than the last few years of his repented life. You know, so we have to we have to just continue to pray that God would, would help clean up the mess, mm -hmm. that God would break some of the, the the nasty, evil tendencies we would have helped people um, to develop. You just, just pray, man. And, and as much as you're able to, you know, illustrate the love and the transforming power of Jesus before them. Yes, that's, a, that's an awesome point. Okay, let's keep going. Um, we're going to Second Chronicles 34, 21. Go to the temple and speak to the Lord for me and for all the remnant of Israel and Judah. Inquire about the words written in the scroll that has been found. For the Lord's great anger has been poured out on us because our ancestors have not obeyed the Lord of the word of the Lord. 
We have not been doing everything this scroll says we must do. The question, King Josiah did not know about God's law until Hilkiah discovered it. Will God judge us and hold us accountable for what we don't know or only for what we know? Promotion time, everybody. Promotion time. Let, let, me, let me take a break here because I love what God inspired some of our leaders to do by by initiating this Bible reading plan throughout the year. And I pray God, look, we're in like our 22nd week or so. We're in May. Um, most people may have fallen off. You're still there with us. I bless you for it. I affirm you for it. Mm -hmm. um, it's worth being in the word, man, because revival comes from being in the word, not just through prayer. So you notice what's happened. They found a book. They found the Bible and it brought life to the people of God as the king's heart was broken mm -hmm. in repentance, right? So I encourage you, invite people, text them, tweet them. The insights you're getting, share this with people and tell them where you got it from and how, how, you, how you came about it. You came about that insight because you've been, you've been reading the Bible through for the year. So please, this is such a big blessing that our church has been doing. It's the first of its kind in a long time, especially on a, on a, on a, on a um, digital format like this. So grab the word. Here's another advertisement. I have been doing this also through a devotional where I study the Bible in themes, right? And you get to download um, through signing up for my daily emails, free copy of the book I wrote, Discovering Hope in 66 places, right? So like the theme I chose for Ezra, Mm -hmm. which we're going to cover soon, is a greater cause than survival. I mean, dude left his cushion, cushiony job, cushiony is not a word, from um, Susa, right, the capital of Persia, to go rebuild in Jerusalem. He did it because there was something more to live for than just paying bills, than just survival. You need that in order to find satisfaction in life. So I, I do that. I, I deal with that. Um, in discovering hope, every every few days I touch on another book of the Bible thematically, and I use practical, motivating themes. The book of Nehemiah. The theme I used was building through discouragement and distress. That was tight. Sorry, I mean I wrote it. I shouldn't be, you know, but I have blessed through what I wrote. So, so throughout the Bible, I give you fresh perspective. These living, exciting themes. So go to innovativeoutreach.com innovativeoutreach.com and sign up for your free daily devotional. Next question. Oh, oh, oh did I answer the question? Yeah, you didn't answer oh, the question. Oh, oh, oh. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm to keep you on track Sorry. Here. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, ma'am. <laughs> so, so the, the, ans the answer is yes and no. You, you are not going to be lost for what you don't know. There are going to be people saved that don't even know about Jesus, but they're living up to the light that they have. Um, the book of John, chapter 3 and verse 19, Jesus said, this is the condemnation, that not, not that men are in darkness, but they remain in darkness after the light has come. Mm. Um, Acts chapter 17, verse 31 and 32, Paul says, in the time of ignorance, God winks. Romans chapter 2, verses 14 to 16, Paul says that, that the, the laws are written on the hearts of Gentiles, that their consciences are excusing and, and accusing them for, for doing deeds of evil and so on. So, so when you live up to the light you have, that's you being sanctified by God. 
right? You're not judged for what you don't know. However, what you don't know will kill you sometimes. It has, sometimes it had nothing to do with being judged. The guy didn't know he had a heart issue, mm-hmm. but he got a heart attack right. and he died, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, so which is why it's so, it's so crucial for all of us to pursue God with, with a craving, with a deep desire, with a hunger, right? And, and what you don't know is usually called your blind spots. That's why it's really good to be among people that know more than you. If you are the smartest in your class, you have outgrown that class. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, good. We are moving along here. And um, we're, I mean, you may have touched on it a little bit. But it says that the question is, I have heard that the Old Testament ends with Second Chronicles. What is the significance of this? Yeah, good question, good information to know. So the chronological order of our the books in our Bible um, is not correct. So mm-hmm. for instance, the first book to be written was the book of Job, mm-hmm. written by Moses, mm-hmm. right? And so then the last book in, in let's just call it for um, layman's language, the last book in the Hebrew Bible is Second Chronicles. It ends, it ends with their, you know, with the temple being defeated, destroyed Mm -hmm. and they being carried away into captivity. But then it end with with a note of hope that God is going to bring them back. So I think it ended like that to prepare us for the advent of the Messiah. That's just my whole take on it, Mm -hmm. Um, which is why it ended on that note. Right. Okay, good. Let's go in now into Ezra. Ezra. Yes, Ezra 1 verse 1. In the first year of King Cyrus of Persia, the Lord fulfilled the prophecy he had given through Jeremiah. He stirred the heart of Cyrus to put this proclamation in writing and to send it throughout his kingdom. The question, did God use King Cyrus although he was pagan Mm. so this is a really interesting question i'll tell you for for reasons that the questioner probably didn't ask there there are a lot of evangelical prophets right that sees um former president trump as a modern day cyrus in fact a lot of my evangelical friends voted for trump uh, more than even the Republican Party um, in 2016, because they're like, this is God's Cyrus. God has anointed him. Um, he might be paganistic, but just like Cyrus was, and God still used him. Um, so I thought I would throw that in there, um, um, not to be political or anything like that, but for us to understand what people are thinking and what's conditioning their actions and so on and so forth. Having Having said that, God is not limited to use us by our belief in him. You need to know that. In fact, Proverbs 21 and verse 1 says, The heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord, and like rivers of water, he can channel it wherever he pleases. God influences people, which is why we are told, Sister Thomas, in in 1 Timothy 2 and verse 1 to 4, you need to pray for your leaders. You need to pray for peace. One of the things I do daily is when I look at the news, I am looking for what God needs me to pray over. Right now, my prayer has been um, the the peace 
in the Middle East. My prayer has been if there is injustice against the Palestinians in any way, that God would, would raise up peacekeepers and peacemakers so, so, so that oppression would not take place. That if the Israelites are being harassed, you know, and being provoked, that God would break that. So I, 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 I look for, for, for news in incidents to pray because I believe God told me to because it makes a difference, right? Hope this answers your question. Yes, prayer is powerful. Amen. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's keep going. Ezra 2 verse 62. They searched for their names in the genealogical records, but they were not found. So they were disqualified from serving the, as priests. Here's our question. They were disqualified from serving as priests merely because their names weren't in the genealogical records? What if their hearts were in the right place? Can, mm. can we be disqualified from serving in God's church because of where we're from or where or what we've done in the past? Wow, that's why we ought to thank God, bless God. We're under a different priestly system. Mm. We, we, we have a high priest who did not spring from the lineage of Levi, Amen. but he sprang from the lineage of Judah. Mm. Hallelujah. Mm. And his priesthood is like the priesthood of Melchizedek. You know, without beginnings, right? He reigns forever. So, so what does that mean? What does that mean? Does that then mean, um, yes, it was inferior according to Hebrews 8 and 9, but does that mean it was terrible? Because God came up with the idea in the first place. Mm -hmm. So did God mess up? Mm -hmm. No, 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 no. And here's why. Here's why. So I, I answered your question already. Um, you are not limited because we are not under that system anyway in any, in any form or shape, Right. Um, but were people back in Israel's days still limited from serving God? The answer is no. There were so many other roles and functions that people could have taken up yes. to be used by God, mm -hmm. right? But it was it was crucial that God honored the Levites, and because the, He is a promise keeping God. Mm -hmm. During the the, the um, Exodus thirty two, when they had these naked, nasty orgies right before the golden calf. Mm -hmm. the, 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 the children of Levi stood up and say, you know, we hate this. Mm -hmm. And Moses said, God is going to separate you for a special purpose, mm -hmm. you know? And, and, and so God honored that promise, right? But specialness, notice this, you know, we talk about being the remnant. I more love the concept of having a remnant message, mm -hmm. right? Be, be, because last day, Last day people doesn't have to do with our specialness, but with our roles. Mm -hmm. God calls us to perform certain roles and not sit up and look cute and praise ourselves for the knowledge that we have. So notice, even as Levites, they had specific roles to carry out and, and they weren't just praise for their namesake. Mm -hmm. All right, I'm done. Okay. Okay. Uh, let's see, where are we here now? Ezra 6, verse 8 to 12. Moreover, I hereby decree that you are to help these elders of the Jews as they rebuild this temple of God. You must pay the full construction cost without delay from my taxes collected in the province west of the Euphrates River so that the work will not be interrupted. Wow. 
Give the priests in Jerusalem whatever is needed in the way of young bulls, rams, and male lambs for the burnt offerings presented to the God of heaven. And without fail, provide them with as much wheat, salt, wine, and olive oil as they need each day. Then they will be able to offer acceptable sacrifices to the God of heaven and pray for the welfare of the king and his sons. Mm, mm. Those who violate this decree in any way will have a beam pulled from their house. Then they will be lifted up and impaled on it, and their house will be reduced to a pile of rubble. May the God who has chosen the city of Jerusalem as the place to honor his name destroy any king or nation that violates this command and destroys this temple. I, Darius, have issued this decree. Let it be obeyed with all diligence. Question. What a miracle. Did Darius believe in God? Yeah, so this hops, hops back to my quest, my answer about Cyrus. Um, God is not limited by people's non or unbelief in him. Yeah, it's really crucial to know that. But but not only is he not limited. Listen, God says the gold are mine. The, the, the wealth of the Gentiles are mine. And God is going to use it to further his cause. That's why as a family, we should never be um, burdened down by our lack. Our God could unleash and unlock abundance when we are committed to getting his work done. You read about George Mueller. He prayed orphanages into existence without a dime, right? Without a dime. And so this is it's an encouragement. When you're going to do God's work, mm-hmm. know that his biddings are always his enablings and his provisions are always ahead of his commands. Okay, good. Okay, let's keep going here in Ezra a little more. Ezra 9, uh, verse 1 to 2 and 6. When these things had been done, the Jewish leaders came to me and said, Many of the people of Israel and even some of the priests and Levites have not kept themselves separate from the other peoples living in the land. They have taken up the detestable practices of the Canaanites, Hittites, Perizzites, Jebusites, Ammonites, Moabites, Egyptians, and Amorites. Mm. For the men of Israel have married women from these people and have taken them as wives for their sons. So the holy race has become polluted by Mm. these mixed marriages. Worse yet, the leaders of the Bible have led the way in this outrage. I prayed, oh my God, I am utterly ashamed. I blush to lift up my face to you for our sins are piled higher than our heads and our guilt has reached to the heavens. Mercy. Question, is this another reminder that we should not be unequally yoked? Can we marry outside of the Seventh-day Adventist faith as long as we marry other Christians since all Christians believe in the same God? Mm, Very good question. And I'm happy I am sharing this with Plantation Church. Our church is liberal. You didn't read the memo, so I just told it to you. Church is pretty liberal. We're not conservative in terms of Adventism, right? We are more on the progressive spectrum. What does that mean? It means a lot of us are okay with being unequally yoked. Um, I, I, I believe that the Bible hasn't changed. It is still considered an affront to God in your life. It is still considered um, a dangerous, ungodly practice. Now, would you be lost and all of that? I'm, you know, I, I, you, you, listen, Jesus didn't die on the cross to make you be lost that easily. 
So I'm not even going to go there. This is not an issue of your salvation. But what it is, is an issue of you burdening yourself. I mean, look, Sister Elizabeth, I am her first boyfriend and husband. You know, real godly woman, you know. And what I love about Liz and myself is that we both are committed to growing. You know, like recently we found our marriage to be kind of stale lately kind of stale and we you know we're taking each other for granted and liz initiated something that has just really set us on a really powerful path you know we started uh, while teliza is taking her nap we decided to start reading the bible together and it's revived us we get to pray together now um because we were seeing staleness coming and marriage is a lot of work mm-hmm. marriage is a lot of hell why would you then add religious um religious differences major religious differences on top of that you're setting up yourself for a lot of heartbreak and failure um 99 of those marriages never work i'm exaggerating the number but it really don't work and those that work um the spouses usually become lukewarm and end up leaving the church or for those who actually get serious, their life is is burdensome. Because listen, you know, one of the things that would bind you together is your core values. And if Christ is one of your deepest values, you want someone to share that, that, that invisible thread of love and power with you. You want that. That binds you, man. It revives you. Mm -hmm. Not to have that, you're selling yourself short. You, you, ought to, you ought to be part of the camp that says, I'd rather be lonely than to be in a marriage when I'm still by myself because my spouse don't have God. Now, so let's get down to the Adventists and the, and the Pentecostal being married because both of us love Jesus. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you something. Well, let me just share my own story. As a pastor, I will not even counsel you if you are, not, if you are seeking to be unequally you. I, I I won't even waste my time. Now, I'll counsel you after you get married because, I mean, you're done in it and I'm going to support you wherever I could, right? But I will not be party to you bringing evil upon your own life, you know, bringing darkness upon your own life. I'm using strong words because I have seen too much heartbreaks. I've seen, I've, I've had to lend a shoulder to too many broken people because they've lived like that. I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to do it. You know, people get pregnant and say pastor would you marry us i'm like i'm glad to especially if you're serious right and you're not doing it just because you got married just because you got pregnant but unequally yoked i mean one member because i pastored a liberal church even more liberal than plantation um one member came to me she's like well he's atheist i'm like i won't even come to your wedding you know don't invite me go talk to another pastor i'm not equipped to counsel you right Uh, because who you are partnering with tells more about where you are with God than where, where, where they are. I just want you to know that. Mm. Amen. So I'm done. Mm. I'm done. Interesting. Okay. Ezra 10, um, verse 2 to 3 and 10 to 11. Then Shekinah, son of Jehel, a descendant of Elam, said to Ezra, We have been unfaithful to our God, for we have married these pagan women of the land but in spite of this there is hope for israel let us now make a covenant with our god to divorce our pagan wives and send them away with their children 
We will follow the advice given by you and by the others who respect the commands of our God. Let it be done according to the law of God. Then Ezra the priest stood and said to them, You have committed a terrible sin by marrying pagan women. You have increased Israel's guilt. So now confess your sin to the Lord, the God of our ancestors, and do what he demands. Separate yourselves from the people of the land and from these pagan women. So here's our question. Wow. My husband is not Seventh-day Adventist. I am. I married him against God's will, and we have a bad marriage. It's hell. Does this verse suggest that I should divorce him? Yeah. Wow. That that question is a cop out, by the way. I want you to know that, Mr. Questioner, <laughs> or Mrs. Questioner, because <laughs> because you said it's a bad marriage. So what do you mean? If it was a good marriage, would you still ask the question? Yeah. Um, yeah. So you have to be you have to be careful that you're not looking for excuses to get out of your marriage. Marriage is a principle, mm -hmm. um, you know, based on love, mm -hmm. as opposed to just a, a feeling thing, you know. Um, Peter in first Peter three and Paul in first Corinthians seven kind of answer that question. Peter said, no, your godliness covers your ungodly spouse. Hallelujah. Wow. That's the power of living righteous. Mm -hmm. And Paul says, Paul says, no, 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 no. You love that person. He said, however, if they abandon you, they just, if they decide to leave, not if you push them out now, mm -hmm. if they decide to leave, mm -hmm. then you're not under any obligation. That simply means you could be remarried, which is another topic by itself. So no, you're, you're not supposed to just cut away and leave. You're expected to minister to them through a godly life, through your consistency. Okay, good, good answer. Okay, we are headed into the book of Nehemiah. That's my guy right there. It's yes. my guy right there. So a question about Nehemiah here. Shouldn't Nehemiah have been with the Jews in Jerusalem? Why is he still in Persia? Was this indicative of his personality? Of his spirituality? Yes. Very, very good question. You know, um, you're correct. Nehemiah, Ezra had already gone back. You know, they were rebuilding Jerusalem. I don't even know. It looked like he didn't even hear about it properly mm. because he was, he had his cushion. I'm using cushion here again. He had his comfortable job. So Esther is the same thing. They really should not have been there. Esther, Mordecai, they should have been back helping to rebuild Jerusalem, mm. you know, but they really chose a life of comfort, mm -hmm. um, living among the pagans oh. as opposed to going back to rebuild the temple of God. Right. Yeah. But it, 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 it goes to show how in spite of, our doing our own thing, God still finds a way to connect us and to use us. He became cupbearer to the king, meaning he mm -hmm. tasted the drinks before the king drank it. Right. So anybody who died, Nehemiah would be saying goodbye first. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so if the king saw Nehemiah dead, he's like, yep, they were trying to poison me. Right. Um, uh, was it indicative of his spirituality? It could be, or it could not be because once he knew about it, his heart was broken. He was convicted. And God used him to help rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. Hmm. Okay. Okay, let's go to Nehemiah 4.4. 4. Then I prayed, hear us, our God, for we are being mocked. May their scoffing fall back on their own heads. Yikes. And may they themselves become captives in a foreign land. Here's the question. Is it okay to seek revenge and ask for calamity upon our enemies? Yikes. That's a tough question because yes. a lot of the Psalms, I mean like Psalms 109, mm. I mean people, 
dude is like cursing people out. He's like, let his children be fatherless. Let his wife be a widow. You know, he's even wishing evil even on their families. Mm-hmm. And I think what, what that says, it, it does a couple of things. It, it says that God is okay with us venting our raw anger, our frustration, right? However, you need to understand that if you're wishing evil on people because of how they live, that same evil might come upon you because of how you live, right? So it's okay to vent your frustration. It's okay to say, look, the Bible says if you live this way, this is going to happen. Um, and Lord, you said this is going to happen. Let it be for these evil workers, right? But I think the posture we ought to take is a posture of prayer, a posture of God convict them, God change their lives. Last question. Okay, did Nehemiah keep his word and later go back? He definitely did. And the reason I, I left this question in, right? And you would read it. So the, the coming up, we'll be finishing the book of Nehemiah, right? We'll be jumping into the book of Esther. So you want to stay tuned, right? Dr. Scholar McCoy would be diving into it um, with Olivia and Corinne. So you don't want to miss Bible on mask next week. Read up those verses, jump into the word, let it fill you, let it stir you, let it bless you, right? But here's the deal. Nehemiah, I personally think Nehemiah at the end, he did a, an amazing job, got the wall built in like 52 days. You know, one of the greatest successes ever. However, though, he did not have a good succession plan. And we see that throughout the Bible because when he left, everything fell down. When he left, they started marrying outside, doing unequally yoked stuff. Um, they, 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 brought, they, they brought the heathen's furniture into the temple. It was a mess. They were violating the Sabbath. He did not put a good succession plan in place. And I, I, I encourage all you leaders at church, please, please begin to train people with your passion, with, your, with, with the, the, the work that you do so that you can pour yourself into them so they can replace you. And remember, family... Go to InnovativeOutreach.com, put it on the screen, InnovativeOutreach.com, and sign up for Discovering Hope in 66 Places. As you close. Okay, okay. so again, if you have any questions as you are continuing to read with us through the Bible in Mass, I want to give that number to you again. It's 954-388-8780. And we are going to now end with a word of prayer. Please pray with us. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for how your word has enriched our lives and how we can learn and grow. Please continue to bless as we move forward through your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Bless your real good family. Yes. Thank you. Plantation SDA Church presents The Bible Unmasked. Read your Bible daily and join us every Sunday at 7.30 p.m. for our weekly discussion. Genesis all the way through to Revelation. Let's read the entire Bible in 2021 with the Bible and